What's up, good people? It's Keandra Janae, and I just want to thank you for joining me for yet another episode of the Keyword Podcast, where we talk all things real and creative. I'm so happy to bring back Bomb.com, my monthly segment dedicating to highlighting Black movers and shakers in their respective creative realms. Now, you're probably saying, Key, why Bomb.com? Well, the people I'm bringing you are the bomb. (laughs) And of course, the com simply stands for Creative of the Month. This month, I had the pleasure of talking to a teaching artist, director, and choreographer, Mr. Jamel Booth. So let's get into it. Okay, so this is going to be the first episode of the latest series of people for bomb.com i don't even know if jamel knew that but i'm so happy to (laughs) (laughs) i did not and that's nerve-wracking and that's also like exciting (laughs) yeah i knew you i knew you weren't gonna be prepared for that so that's why i was like i'm gonna tell him once we start recording (laughs) no pressure no pressure okay at all all. i got this um i'm sitting here with one of the most amazing dramatic people I've ever met. Um, And so Jamel Booth is here. Yes. So tell us about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Who am I? That is a really good question. Um, I, well, like she said, I'm Jamel Booth. Um, I graduated from Dr. Michael M. Kropp Senior High School um, in 2012, I was in the theater magnet program. I went off to Florida A&M University after Go Rattlers. Um, I graduated with my Bachelor of Science in Facilities Management and my Bachelor of Arts in um, Theater Performance. And then soon after, I went right back to my alma mater, my high school, Michael Kropp. And I became the magnet theater teacher there. I am a professional director, professional choreographer, um, a teaching artist. Um, I'm 25 years old. I turn 26 next week, Monday. Go Leo. You a Leo? I did not know that. (laughs) I did not know that. Wow. Wow. And I've known you for years. Okay. (laughs) So Leo season has commenced. Yes. Um, What else about me? Um, You know, I think that's about it. I was about, I mean, that was a, that was a pretty damn good start. Like you gave (laughs) us the full beginning to now where you are. Um, So you brought about, you brought up a lot of things that I'm actually going to get into as we talk. But first, what drew you into theater? thinking early days what originally just brought you in when I was six years old I would say um my sister we went to Charles David White Elementary School and what is that called um Miami Lakes mm-hmm. and her fifth grade class was doing Grease <laughs> and because they were doing Grease one of her classmates had the DVD or VHS, whatever it was back in, what was that, like 2001? Maybe DVD, I don't know. And was it VHS? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, 2000, 2001, I'm not sure. But <laughs> even if you know, DVD players were still expensive at that time and not cheap. So it was probably VHS. But um, my mom dropped us off to school and my sister took me with her to her friend's house without our mom knowing. 
And I'm quite sure she took me with her because I probably would have snitched <laughs> if I saw her leaving <laughs> and I'm still walking in the school. And um, that was the first like musical I could remember seeing. And I like fell in love with it. And then after mm -hmm. that, my sister went to, everything kind of started from her. Um, she went off to Norland Middle School in their magnet theater program. And I can vividly remember my seven-year-old mind I can still see the shows in my head. I mm. know like, some of the people that were in those shows, they're my friends now, but their sixth, seventh, eighth grade bodies, I can still see them performing in my head. It's crazy. Wow. And like, I can remember how they sound, some of the choreography. I have like a photographic memory. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm not judging you because there's still a lot of choreography that I can remember. Like, yeah, I could give you shackles from second grade, from church <laughs> performance. So I get it. I get yeah, it. <laughs> so um, that's what made me, I would come home all the time singing those songs and finding myself going on the computer and looking that stuff up. And um, I would really get frustrated and like cry if I couldn't find something. Cause you know, at that time, um, like Google was still pretty new, you know, yeah. so a lot of stuff would not pop up. Um, YouTube did not exist yet. So <laughs> it was very hard to find music at that time. But um when I got to the fifth grade, my mom came to me with the art application and the drama application. She was like, um, for me to apply to both because I know how to draw. And for whatever reason, I convinced myself I was shy. And crazy, right? Very much so. <laughs> and I said that I will not do drama. So I did art. And I got kicked out of art my sixth grade year. <laughs> and I went to drama. And... Um, from then on, I started in the eighth grade and I even fell more in love with it while actually doing it in the class. And yeah, that's what got me started. Just hmm. being in awe of others. Yeah. And my way to it. Yeah. And so, and now you're actually in the classroom. Was this ever what you envisioned for yourself? You know, we're in this industry where it's like the immediate thought is, okay, I want to perform. I want to do have that moment of experience. So, yeah. I I started teaching theater in high school when I was in the 11th grade. Um, I started going to the Cultural Arts Center, African Heritage Cultural Arts Center in Liberty City. Yeah, shout out to Cultural Arts Center. And while I was there, the theater instructor, um, she passed away. And um, she passed away like on Thanksgiving, I think, from mm -hmm. lung cancer, if I'm not mistaken. And when she passed away, the other guy who took her place, he really didn't know what he was doing. So when I would come in and I'm like warming the class up and stuff, trying to get them ready for him, he was like, oh, you know what you're doing? Cool, <laughs> I'm gonna be back. And he never came back. <laughs> so I'm in a room with either five-year-olds, six-year-olds, and I think I had five, six, eight, and nine. And, um, would just people are texting me and I don't know how to shut it off on my computer so forgive the dings <laughs> but um they yeah my boss Mr. Davis he would come in just look at me because even though I was what like 16 17 I still looked very young like I was mm. 13 so it's like who is this child that they have teaching this class and it was like oh he knows what he's doing okay and they will leave me alone and let me work and when I got to college I will continue that and I will go back to my middle school Norland Middle and help Mrs. Seidel 
um, with her productions and her kids. And I actually told one of my parents, um, one of my students' parents at one point, I was like, the program of crop is not good. And it really hurts me that, um, <laughs> it really hurts me that it's not, especially not that was the best when I was there, but I got there kind of like with a downfall because our teacher left. Mm. Well, their teacher. She auditioned us, but she never taught us. And she, um, I told her, I said, I would love to go back there and help the program. But um, yeah, if I could just get that opportunity, but I was like, I'm probably not going to get the opportunity. Because at that point, they removed my teacher and they got a new teacher. And I'm like, they're not taking nobody away. And long behold, I'm in my capstone class. <laughs> and I get a call in my parent is calling me and I told her I said I'll have to call you back I'm in class and she texted me she said well hurry up and call me back the teacher at Croc got fired what and I was like whoa so I immediately left class and I called her and she was like yeah I don't know why he got fired but this is what I'm hearing so remember you were talking to me about you wanted to go back and help so here's your chance to do that, you know? And I called Mrs. Seidel and Mrs. Seidel. I said, so the teacher at Crop was fired? She said, yeah, he was fired. Why, you want the job? And I said, actually, yeah. She said, okay, let's make that happen. Wow. And from there- Alarming. Look at God. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was already prepared for you in a way, like- Yeah, like divine order or destiny, I don't know yeah we here I get you <laughs> so it's funny that you even brought that up like okay so Jamel and I actually met at crop we were both in the magnet program I was just actually in the dance department um both extra full of life we just clicked our group of friends just a ball of fun um so how does it feel like what impact does this have on you to now be at the place that like has played a role in who you have become in your artistry it is very rewarding. I think that's the word I want to use. Um, especially because when I was there, um, after class of maybe 2010 graduated, I think you wouldn't really hear anybody from the program saying that they ever wanted to major in theater. Even from my class, it was just two or three of us. And um, Curtis didn't even major in theater, but he's off on Broadway now. Right, that's <laughs> to Curtis. Right, doing amazing things. <laughs> but it that was like kind of unheard of from our program because we weren't really being trained for it. And even when I got to college, I realized immediately, my first audition, I was like, I am not ready for college theater oh. at all because of what I got when I was in high school. and. Um, when I go, even when I used to go back to New Orleans, I would hear the kids saying, because at that point, Northwestern's program kind of fell too, which is disheartening. And I would hear the kids say, well, if I don't go to New World, I'm not doing drama anymore. <laughs> wow. And that's so disheartening because like when I was in middle school, pretty much everybody, probably like 80 to 90% of the drama classes went to a performing arts high school. Right. So not even to do it for the future, just because we loved it so much. So to hear yeah. that kids are just saying, I'm just going to go to New Orleans or I'm just going to go to Curiosity. If I don't make it to New World, I'm not going to do this anymore. And New World only accepts from New Orleans a couple of us. Like, I think 
one year they accepted one person. One year they accepted 12. That was like the only year. Every other year is like five and less, you know, yeah. as a class of 38th graders. So. My middle um, school very similar, so. So when I got to, when I got back to crop, my goal was just to really evolve the program as much as I could. Um, and people, a lot of them doubted me, like even the kids, because some of the kids I know since they were in like the sixth grade <laughs> um, from Norland and mm -hmm. some of them from beyond that, from the Cultural Arts Center. But it was just kind of like, oh, we, like a lot of them know what I can do, knew what I could do. Some of them were just like, he's making all these promises, but other people made us promises too and we never got them. Mm. You know? So and what makes him different? What, yeah. Right. Neither me throwing my dreams out to the parents because we didn't cropped into a musical since Fiddler on the Roof. You remember Fiddler? I remember <laughs> Fiddler on the Roof. My, <laughs> wow, that, that was, was like my maybe junior or senior year. 2009. I was a freshman. Wow. So was a sophomore. I was a sophomore. That is insane. And that was 10 years ago, you yeah. know? And I was just like, that is not that's not good they haven't done a big show since then they will go to the competition and not really win or a lot of people wouldn't compete and they wouldn't get the art scholarships to make the colleges and as soon as i got there i said my main goal is to get y'all the district competition and get superiors and to put on a musical i said that's mm. what i want to do and they were like some of them were like oh, okay we'll see I said, and we need money for it, so I'm going to make us raise money for it. Because they let who, the last teacher left me with nothing. They left me with like $1,200. That is not a lot. That's not to, a high budget at all. That's not a big budget. The rights to fame itself was $1,400. And that was actually <laughs> going to be one of my questions. Like, I was just so curious. Like, okay, so now you're in this space and you're creating these things and you're actually putting on musicals. What does that even look like? Like, take us from, of course, what you can share. We're starting at getting the rights and working Ooh. our way to opening night curtains going up. I will tell you from a, from <clears throat> from the school standpoint. Period. Let Let's get real because if they hear this, it's true. So, with that being <laughs> said, um, well, my first principal, um, she the re one of the reasons that she hired me is because she I. She could see from my resume and from when Miss Idell told her that I can put on a musical. Because um, we're, Miss Idell calls a one stop shop. We can music direct, we can actually direct the acting, and we can choreograph. So we don't need to hire outside people to do that. So um, I told the principal, I was like, I, we don't got no money, so I need you to pay for it. All the rights. <laughs> so the rights, um, pretty much with fame, the $1,400 is them saying, you have the right to do the show. We're allowing you to do it. <laughs> but three not nights. Not costumes, not any of that. They give you the scripts. They give you the sheet music. If you have a band, if you have an orchestra, that's your business. If you don't, you better find a way to get somebody to record it. Or you can pay an additional $1,000 for them to send you all of their tracks. Wow. And I send for you to keep, send that on your computer. You can't record it. You can't put it to iTunes. And as soon as your closing night happens, they snatch it off your computer. <laughs> oh, wait. So this isn't like, a, let's say I wanted to add fame, for example, to my repertory for years to come. I would have to rebuy this every time I wanted to produce this musical. 
Wow. So you have the right to do it for, I chose three nights, so I had the right to do it for three nights for the show. And um, the, so like, again, that was the rights. <clears throat> and um, fame was kind of easy. And that's why I chose the show because I knew costuming will be easy. And I knew that no matter if my, my kids are very talented, but even if they weren't that great because they were just like really starting out. Cause some of them, the last theater education they had was eighth grade in New Orleans. Mm. So, you know, and it's yeah. like, even if they weren't that great, I knew that they could still pull off fame, right? And um, now there was a website I found, haha, that had all the music on there. Okay. <laughs> and, I got it, and I got it off for $300. Um, the thing about the school system is some you have to pay with things through check-ins, things that they approve. So right. I had to pay it out of my own money. Right. <laughs> mm. Mm. And then costumes and whatnot. A lot of their costumes came from home. Um, I had to find a designer because Crop doesn't have a set designer. Well, I designed the set. I had to find a set constructor. So um, had to outsource one. That set, I think, ooh, was that like $1,300? And it wasn't even like a set. It was just moving pieces. Five wow. of them. So on one side, it was mirrors, um, dance mirrors and ballet bars. And then the other side was like lockers and brick walls. And you saw like dance on one, drama on another, and music on another. Mm -hmm. And um, our lights, thank God, we have a technical director, Eric. So he um, rented lights for us. I think those lights to rent them was like three to $500. It In total... Fame, I think, cost us about seven thousand dollars, and wow. I made back twelve. Okay, yes, come up. <laughs> we gotta get get a little profit, you know. Uh, okay. Uh, now, Dream Girls was harder. Dream Girls was two thousand dollars for the rights. Still three nights. Yes, three nights, two thousand dollars. Um, think this time the band, the orchestra program was actually going to play for us. So we didn't need to outsource music, thank God. But um, costumes, and you know, Corona stopped Dream Girls. Okay. So, um, but we, the costume designer, she actually constructed some of the costumes already, a good amount of them. That was probably going to cost us a good $1,500 probably, because each girl needs a matching dress. Um, the set, I think he told me it was going to cost somewhere around like 3500 and he was actually going to build like a set set for yeah. us. And then wigs. I know wigs was probably going to cost us like a good 500 to I was just about to say, I know price went up with the wigs. Dream Girls is so glam. It's, it's glitter. It's sparkle. It's, yeah, it's yeah. all the themes. And in my head, I'm just like, you have to, I don't like putting on bad shows. And I like for shows to look the way that they need to. And I like that people underestimate me and the school and the program because then when they come to the shows, they don't expect that it looks like an actual professional production. Right. And that's what I like for them to see when even from the moment they walk in the theater, I train my freshmen in um, house management. So it's like- I was just about to, to say, the freshmen must be ushers. <laughs> <laughs> You must have on nice, all black. If you have on ripped jeans, if you have on jeans at all, I will send you right home and you have a seat. Yeah. <laughs> so, hello, good morning, or good evening. How are you? Please enjoy the show when you walk in and just 
pro tickets was $400 for Dreamgirls, just buying the tickets. Um, programs would have probably cost us another like thousand dollars. So it's a it's lot a goes into this. <laughs> and so now it's show night. Where is Mr. Booth? Is he backstage <laughs> running around with his head cut off like a chicken? Is he getting <laughs> chilling like they got it? Where are you? I tell my kids to one, don't bother me. And I tell them to tell their parents not to bother me. A lot of the parents, they will see me walking around and want to stop me and talk to me. Don't talk to me because I got a show to put on. Um, I'm just, I think, I do the most trying to make sure everything is perfect, but everything's already together. But usually it's like last minute stuff. I'm trying to work out. So like the concession stand and the hot dog, and the sausages, and make sure the parents are there, and make sure all the food and stuff is brought out from the classroom. Um, and then from doing all of that and then making sure that the house manager and whatnot is doing what they need to do. And I'm running back to the classroom with the cast. I'm warming the cast up. And after I warm them up, I'm okay make sh making sure the stage manager is doing their job. And I'm running back to the theater and it's like, oh, wow, I forgot the house music and the house is about to open. Got to run <laughs> and get the house music back. And then I'm literally just ripping and running, ripping and running. I have a pair of Ugg bedroom shoes. I was I just know. about to say, are you in your good shoes or are you in some comfortable? Because listen, the good shoes cannot crease, okay? Good shoes and it's always a pair of Gucci shoes. They are okay. in the tech booth ready to go <laughs> but they are not on my feet <laughs> the ugg slippers is what's on my feet running around and then i gotta pray with the cats right before of they course. go on just encourage them to let them know that everything's gonna be all right and i gotta pray myself and then i have to put on my good shoes and then um sometimes stall the show if things aren't if people still aren't fully in and whatnot mm -hmm. And then walk up and give that speech, that nervous speech. And everybody doesn't know, like, my heart is beating out of my chest. It's like, Lord, please don't. Because <laughs> I would hate for somebody to come to one of the shows and be like, this was not good. It's like, Lord, just let it, you know. <laughs> he really does know. And you've been showing out every time. So I'm just going to say two words. Motherless child. <laughs> and that's where I'm just going to stop the press, okay? <laughs> because my mama called me all the way out here in Texas talking about, I'm at a production and this group is doing Motherless Child and this is amazing, Keontra. It's amazing. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know. Like, I got to do some research because I'm out here. I don't know what's going on. I don't know any of the tea. I'm lost. And lo and behold, I'm like, Ma, that was crop. And somebody that I know, one of my homeboys we went to school together, he is actually over the program. <laughs> like, she went up for it. Like, and then I saw you had, like, celebrities even commenting on it. So tell us about Motherless Child. Like, we need footage. We need something. <laughs> so I have to ask permission to see if I can upload that. So um, my, my friend, my mentor, Terrell Alvin McCraney, um, he, he won the Oscar for Moonlight and right now he has a show on called David Makes Man. <clears throat> um, I was his personal assistant and I was also program manager for his summer program he had for girls. And um, after my first time going to competition at Crop, <clears throat> I was snubbed. <laughs> I was, so competition is, it's like white dominated 
Mm, yeah. And it's, to me, it can be very racist sometimes. It's like, especially my first year going, only two Black things won, and the two Black things that won, one, they weren't really up to par. And then two, it's not even that. It was so stereotypical. And it was so, it looked like coonery, mm. you know? Like, and, what story is this telling? Right. And it just made, I'm not going to say it put Black people in a bad light, because that's not the case. But to the white audience that was there, they were just, like, hooting and hollering, you mm. know, and laughing along to what was going on on stage. And I'm like, it's not that you should not be, but this is what you all chose to represent us. You know, and everything else that they chose that was their white stuff wasn't even really good either. I was better than all of them. And I was pissed. <laughs> and right. I, I saw Terrell and I told him, I was like, I'm so upset. I was snubbed, da 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 And he was like, oh, I know what will win, motherless child. And I was like, okay, what's that? <laughs> and, um... His play, Choir Boy, where Motherless Child is from, was going on Broadway the next year. And he was like, oh, it's from Choir Boy, da 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 And I remember reading Choir Boy in college, and I was like, oh, okay, but I still don't really know what it is. Right. So I flew to New York to see it when it went up on Broadway, and I was amazed i illegally recorded it in my phone i still got it <laughs> As you say this on my podcast <laughs> and he um he was just like whenever you're ready i'm gonna give you the sheet music for it and whatnot so i was mm -hmm. like okay no problem cool so when it came time to it ain't too proud the temptation show came on broadway and i saw a piece from that and i was like oh that's really good and People are, well, were, because all my boys are gone, pretty much, but they were really jealous of my program because I had a lot of boys. And you never really see theater programs with a bunch of boys, and a bunch of boys are, like, top-notch. Invested too. and ready to work. Yeah. Not that my girls weren't amazing, because they were, but you always see girls. You don't really see, like, I had, like, 20 boys. Wow. Right. That, yeah. That's so, unheard of. He went, I was like, okay, I ain't too proud of motherless child. And he's always busy. So I was like, he may not even be able to get back to me. So I'm going to make plans for the ain't too proud. But something told me to text him one day, like, just ask, see if he picks up. And I text him, hey, remember? You said you would give me the stuff for it. I kind of need it. <laughs> and he's no. like, okay, don't share it with nobody. I'm thinking he's sending me the score to just that piece. He sent me the everything. Holy wow. shit. And I was just like, oh, so I can do the show if I wanted to. <laughs> um, he sent it to me. I hired the pianist who charged me a dollar a minute, literally a dollar a minute to teach the music. Um, so I told him, I said, this is $60. A, if this is $60 for an hour, I need y'all to quickly learn this because we don't got money to be. Right. Save your question. <laughs> <laughs> Save your questions for me. I will record the notes after, and me and the pianist work together to teach the music to them. They learned that. I'm not gonna. You don't think I'm lying because a lot of people think I'm lying when they I say this. They learned it in five hours. Wow. Like everything, acting, singing, blocking, they learned in like five to six hours. 
And after like the first time we actually like ran through it, it was kind of like competition ready. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, this is going to get us superior. I know it. And then after it started to grow and they, we started to talk about their characters and whatnot and how mm -hmm. to actually connect to the piece. I was like, oh, this is going to get a critic. So the first time anybody ever saw it, Crop had principal four days. Some random man came in and I said, oh, go do motherless child form. That was the first time anybody ever saw it. The entire room was in tears. <laughs> and the guy... I can only who, imagine. <laughs> and the guy who was the principal, he was like, this is amazing. And my principal, because um, he was very skeptical about paying for Dream Girls, because I told him I did not want to pay them $2,000 he needed to. After he saw that, he was like, oh, definitely. How much is it? And how to pay for it? If it's going to look like this, yes, I'm paying for it. And... When they went to competition, they won. They beat everybody. They got they got a top honors in their categories. That means they had a highest score out of everybody in their category, small group musical. And then all the entire district voted on all the top honors pieces to see who would represent the district um, in state competition. And we were picked. And I was like, wow, that's seven little black boys for the performers, and then eight including me, and nine including Sorrell representing theater for Miami-Dade County. When does that happen? For Miami-Dade County, like, yes. <laughs> it, it, yeah, that's powerful in itself, just to say all of that that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> so congrats to you and your program, because I know y'all have just been killing it superior after superior. Um, and so, and even thinking about that, what, how has COVID shifted all of this for you? Like, how do you feel like COVID-19 is going to even, maybe even change the way that like you create and how we showcase art? COVID is the worst thing that could ever happen to the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go back to Dream Girls really quickly because Dream Girls was supposed to happen maybe three weeks after we were shut down. And, um, the show was finished. The day we were shut down, um, we did an entire run through of the whole show. <laughs> wow. And um, of course the kids were so sad about it, especially the seniors. But then the fact that it was just so good, you know? And then I feel like what COVID is going to do for the arts in general, I think the theater experience is going to be weird. Because you, I know we're going to have to walk in with masks. Your theater has to be a certain temperature that's cool enough so people can feel cool and not uncomfortable when to take their mask off. Um, if people have to be distanced with each other, that's going to affect the performances. Because if you have a house like Crop, I think we could hold like 780 people, something like that. 780 is probably going to have to go down to like... I, 400 is probably even the reach, maybe like 350. And this is just me assuming. This is not even something I was No, told. right, right. You're just thinking and, big picture right now off of what we've seen so far. Right. And as um, teaching-wise, um, I really don't know. And I'm scared for it because a lot of my kids want to do this for the future. And working virtually with them, it's like I can get through to them and get what I need somewhat. But even, um, I pay for them every year to go to summer programs to continue their training with the money we get in the program. Mm -hmm. And this year I paid for them to go to online theater camp um, with Ms. Seidel's Camp Evolutionary Arts. And 
me watching some of their performances, I was like, wow, this is really not good. <laughs> you know? And it's like, even within a couple of months, like, y'all performance quality just, like, diminished. And part of the arts, we know, sometimes it takes you getting in somebody's face <laughs> and forcing right. them to do what you need them to do. And that's just, yeah, period. Like, that's just how we have to get shit done sometimes. And sometimes um, even like the connection with the other kids in the room and like certain exercises I would do with them to make sure their monologues become stronger or their scenes become more powerful. A lot of that is like ensemble efforts. And it's like, how do you do that through a computer? And some of them, their parents have allowed me, especially the ones who are seniors now, the ones that um, are auditioning for young arts and colleges, um, having their kids come to my house or me go right. over to their house and work with the kids with their stuff. But it's like, I have a program of over 80 kids. I can't make 80 house Every, calls. No. <laughs> we have to do a 10 o'clock uh, vocal <laughs> session, 11 o'clock monologues. Something. So, like, making even, it work. Um, I, and the thing is, we just have to figure out how to make it work. Um, because of because we ended last school year before the school year ended i kind of have a slight idea i hate this, this is my family group chat he's a busy me. person as you all can see so <laughs> they um i kind of got a feel of how to you know um teach them especially with the summer program too kind of saw okay, what works, what does not work? I realized that improv does not really work. <laughs> um, what's going to be hard, I know, who for a fact, teaching music, teaching mm. voice, period. I think acting may be, like, the easiest thing to teach. Wow. Um, but we'll see, come August 31st. Um, <laughs> You know, everybody wear your mask so the so the babies can get back to school. Yes, we have to. It's, <laughs> it's just something about the arts that it's like that in-person experience, the connection is just different and it's necessary. It's just, that is essential in itself, like that person, in-person conversation and feedback. So and like how um, I know nobody in the world is thinking about the arts <laughs> when it comes to virtual learning. They're thinking about sports more than they're thinking about us because you see football players are already starting to go to practice. But it's like, how do the artists, like, especially like dancers, like, that's physical corrections. You have to apply to people. And it's like, you don't have, you don't have a dance studio at your house. You got to use a chair. You got to improvise. Use a chair for your bar. Um, I don't know. If you have towel on your floors, like, how are you expected to dance from on it? Right. Um, your house is fully carpeted, you know? Or what if you don't Story have of my life. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> and then even with, like, singing, that's physical corrections you have to make for people to properly sing. And, of course, like I said, there's ways to do things, but are you being... They're not going to get the maximum amount of growth that they will be able to get if, you know, we were in person. But... Well, I'm wishing you the best on an amazing school year. Um, we're going to start to wrap up. But before we, you know, hopped off, I did have two more questions for you. So okay. first question, uh, what advice could you give for any artists, whether they're working professionals or novice in, in this 
theater field, this, this realm that you're such an expert in, what can you, what advice can you give them during these times? My advice is to work hard and exhaust all options that you possibly can. Um, I am not clearly, especially from school, I did not start anywhere near the top. I started theater in the eighth grade, um, even when I was in the eighth grade with Miss Seidel. Um, she was going through complications at that time and she was gone for a portion of the school year. So I didn't even really have a full school year with her. Started high school, my first theater teacher was trash. My second one, she was decent, but not really the best. And then I got to college and kind of having to grasp everything that I can. But the reasons that I think I am where I am now, I never take breaks. I'm always working. I'm always finding where I can work um, in the arts if I can just be around it. And don't be afraid to not get paid. Mm. Because that will come. I did a lot of things for free, or a lot of things thinking I was doing it for free and then ended up getting paid, but still did not come in looking for payment, just for knowledge. And because of always being grounded and really working at, even when I didn't get cast in shows at school, I went to FSU to audition. I went to TCC to audition to make sure that I was cast, make sure I was putting something. Um, and like I said, just work, work, work. I can't, this is literally the only thing you can do. I will. I come home from school sometimes at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> and have to be right back there at seven o'clock. I was like, I was like <laughs> seven, right? <laughs> so just imagine all those hours being put in it, but not just bettering the kids doing that, but I'm bettering myself every step of the way. Right. Just work hard, work hard, work long. If somebody tells you no, walk to another door. And if they tell you no to, ask, can you sit by the door, listen under the crack and see if, what you can hear, what you can grasp from it and use that and take somewhere else to better yourself. Somebody's going to notice you. Thank you. Yeah, that was a little word. Okay, look at you. <laughs> Um, okay, so you already know it's the keyword. So I love vocabulary. I, I just need your word. What is your one word? If you had to pick a word for this creative journey that you've been on thus far or, you know, are trying to create, it's up to you. But one word, no extras, one. One word. <laughs> one word. Well, I, I wish you would have asked me this before <laughs> so I could have prepped. No, um, no, I didn't want you to think about it. What is something I say all the time? I got a lot of words. Um, actually, I have a word, and it should be a word in the dictionary, Beyonce. Tell us why. <laughs> I think I know that word. I love that word. Why Beyonce? Why is Beyonce your word? Beyonce, um, not on, she's my favorite artist, not just singer. She's my favorite artist, period. But... Um, that goes back into what I was saying before, hard work and work ethic. To me, Beyonce, when I tell kids that we need to do this in the Beyonce fashion, you know, or mm -hmm. think Beyonce, because it could be a verb, it could be used as an adjective, it could be used as a noun, you know, because um, when you hear that, you just, you know that you just have to be the best. And when I think of that word, it doesn't mean that you have to um, 
literally like be the best as in the most talented, the prettiest, the strongest, whatever the case may be. But if you work at it and if you work harder than everybody else in the room, you're going to be on top. And Beyonce is always on top. And even when she loses, does she ever really lose? No. <laughs> no. You know, because at the end of the day, it's Beyonce. It's Beyonce. So. I, I love it. I thank you so much, Jamel, for joining me. Um, it was just a pleasure talking to you. You know, you always just doing your thing in your lane. I love to see it. Where can we get all your information? Where can we follow you or learn more about your students? Whatever you want to drop for the people. Okay, so you can follow me on Instagram at OutspokenJ. Um, I'm going to change my Instagram name on my birthday to Jamel Rashad. Um, so if you're listening to this after my birthday, that will be um, J-A-M-E-L-R-A-S-H-A-A-D. Um, however, if you follow me now, it'll be outspoken underscore the letter J, not J-A-Y or J-A-E. Um, and then if you want to follow my students, um, you can follow them at M-K-H-S Theater. Theater is T-H-E-A-T-R-E, not E-R. Yes, make sure y'all put the R-E. Thank <laughs> you so much, Jamel. It's been a pleasure. You Thank have you a good one. <laughs> All righty.